Our guest this week is Graham Neal. That's coming up shortly. Before that, we've got a competition open at the moment to design a Monsieur Non t-shirt. On episode 92, you'll remember Lakeisha telling a story about our trip to Paris and uh, my... An incident he had with a hot plate. Yeah, a bit hasty, trying to get hold of a crepe. So go back and listen to episode 92 and uh, submit your Monsieur Non t-shirt design. It could be typography, it can be a picture. If you go to southlondonhardcore.com, you'll find the full terms and conditions. Closing date is uh, 14th of February. Email your designs to southlondonhardcore at gmail.com. Also excited to announce we've got a new t-shirt out, South London Herc Core. It's uh, Lord Herc, who was on the show recently, designed a t-shirt for us. So check that out. Go to southlondonhardcore.com, click on the t-shirt link. Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McInroy. Steve Walsh with me, as always. Hello. Our guest this week is Councillor Graham Neal. Welcome to the show, Graham. Oh, thank you for inviting me along. We met Graham at Elifest, the Elephant Castle Festival, which we recorded an episode about, which is episode 87, I believe. We were on opposing teams on a quiz... Uh, quiz. I we were both uh, roundly beaten by your team, Graham, yeah. weren't we? Graham, Graham's team was it was a close course. thing, though, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think it was, it was that close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as part of the... It was a great quiz, because in lieu of cash prizes or any sort of trophy, the idea was that all the teams put prizes into a pot and the winning team won what was put in. And we, separately, put in the opportunity for people on the winning team to appear on a podcast. I thought I was I thought this was the punishment. I didn't, I didn't realise this was a prize. Yeah, we've won the prize. We've in lost way, the quiz yeah. and we've won you. <laughs> I've still got a piece of paper that says you can come round my flat for a cup of tea with yeah. my phone number. Right, that oh, wasn't right. Nice. Yeah, that wasn't me either. So. <laughs> Call it. <laughs> Get up on the show now. <laughs> but we, yeah, we just thought uh, what a piece of luck for us to be able to talk to someone working locally in the community about your role and duties. I've voted for councillors before, but I'm be honest, and like I'm, a lot of our listeners I'm sure will be in the same position, I don't quite know what one does. You know, I've been on your website, so okay. that's given me a better idea, okay. but what does a councillor do? Okay, I just did, uh, a couple of years ago I did a degree in politics and economics in Goldsmiths to try and get a better understanding of politics. And what the local council election is usually a way of people giving the government a kick in or it's like a popularity competition on on the government's policies so a lot of people don't understand what local politics is about or or really sort of how how to treat it often people like you might go out canvassing voters talking to voters and finding out and very few of them will split their vote well I'll vote for you locally but I'll vote for him mm-hmm. nationally or at the moment, it's I'll vote for you locally or for on a European level, I'll vote for these people. Usually, if you vote for a party, you'll vote for that party, uh, local and national and, and a, a regional and a, and a sort of European level. And people don't really think about why why they might want to vote for, for the person. 
But I think it's quite telling that you, you say that, and I, I always assumed that wasn't the case, because obviously, until recently, uh, Liberal Democrats weren't a party in power in government, but had always done very well in local elections. So I was assumed it was a thing where people wanted, liked your ideas, which, you know, a lot of the party's ideas are very strong in terms of uh, community, which can appeal at a local level. But I think there was always a, 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 an idea that it wouldn't necessarily work at a national level. Yeah. In, uh, in the early 70s, there was a movement within the Liberal Party, as was then, uh, of the Association of Liberal Councillors, the uh, ALC, to brand ourselves and to become community politicians. So it wasn't about being left or right. They expressed their sort of young radicalness. Uh, the, um, it was the young liberals who, who, who spearheaded this that, came, that went on to become the Association of Liberal Councillors. And if you're a liberal historian who's listening to this, you can contact me and put me right if I'm wrong. <laughs> so the young liberals in the 70s started this, they wanted to express their radical uh, agenda by being community politicians. And so it wasn't about being uh, far left or, or, or their way of, ex of being progressive was to make sure that they were advocating for local people. And my, the way that I express my, or the way I feel about being a, an elected politician is, is through being a community politician. Whereas I don't live in South Bermondsey, where I represent, I live here at the Elephant and Castle, the problems that they've got just at that end, or halfway down the Old Kent Road, are very similar to the, the, the problems that I've seen and experienced living, living here at home. And so I, I, I find it quite easy to just sort of tie into that community, and it's quite a clo close-knit community, but to, to, to get in there, to get in amongst them and to, and to represent them to, to Southwark Council and to other agencies as well. Yeah, you have an understanding of issues because there are issues common to, it's not the, uh, uh, specific to areas, it's specific to communities across the country, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I suppose a lot of them you could, read, you, you could learn from books, but a lot of them you, you could only learn by an, and understand by sort of seeing them firsthand. I think it is it's quite telling, isn't it, about uh, politics in general, that the idea of representing your local community was seen as radical. <laughs> they express their radicalism by deciding to just, I don't know. As I say, that's what makes your work seem so refreshing in that you are, you know, from what we've seen in your work, spotting issues and dealing with issues. Right. So what would a, a, a you know, not a typical day with, what are issues that you've come across frequently and recently? Well, we do a surgery every Saturday morning and I, I have elected to do the first Saturday of every month. So I do... Actually, do two surgeries on the first Saturdays. I had, I think, the last one I had three people come along. One woman who's come along so many times, I've actually got to know her, and be because it was the first time I'd seen her this year, I actually gave her a kiss on the cheek and wished her a happy new year. So I've got to know her quite <laughs> quite well. And I afterwards, you know, like you would like if you met one of your mum's friends or something yeah. like that. Oh, I love you. <laughs> yeah. and, and I, I, afterwards, I sort of thought, well, maybe I was a little bit too... Oh, I got away with it. It was all right. <laughs> and she's been having problems because the people upstairs have got a, a laminate floor. And she's not sure if they're doing weights, uh, weightlifting, or if they're doing DIY at funny hours. But it's disturbing her. And she, she came to my surgery about that. Someone else come along because they're having problems with their teenage daughter who's going a bit wayward. 
and I think she's starting to bring people home that aren't that they, the, the, the parents don't really want to have home and they're thinking can, is there a way that they can find her a place to live outside the family home or what what is there for for her to go to college or to get an apprenticeship or whatever so I've got a bit of an insight into their lives quite up close and quite personal and the third one I think the third one was someone's fence had got blown down and the council understandably with they've got finite resources the council said well no well, that's a council flat you you've got to fix your own fence and they came to me wondering if I could pull any strings and get their fence fixed so I promised them that I'd ask but I don't know if I'll get their fence fixed so that's what we did on Saturday morning for an hour between 10.30 and 11.30. And really all those issues are on the doorstep. They're directly related to where people live. It's noise in the flat, it's you know property damage in the home, and an issue about who's living in the house and who can come to the house. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the sort of very sort of individual campaigns. So they're not the sort of, <clears throat> they're not the campaigns that we can sort of emblazon on our banners and on our leaflets and stuff like that. There's been campaigns like trying to save the, the local nurseries that were under threat of closure. And then there was plans to build a bail hostel on the Old Kent Road. And we were saying, not just that we don't want crims coming to the Old Kent Road, but that actually we could have a better better use of this site on the Old Kent Road that's just opposite the B&Q. So there, there, there's, that, there's the sort of uh, local cam- campaigns that, that, that we're on. And then, of course, there's national campaigns as well, like, stuff that Nick Clegg does, some of which um, like um, the pupil premium and um, lowering or raising the ceiling for the for, for income tax, so no one pays income tax on, on the first 10 grand they earn. And all, the, the, all these three things are what I'm hoping will appeal to people to, to the extent that I'll get re-elected. Um, but I think it's a it's a sort of combination of the th- of the three of the three things. See, I would say it would be the fact that you, you seem to be constantly just dealing with issues in an almost restless manner, just constantly spotting problems. But do you know what I mean? And, and getting solutions yeah. to those problems yeah. uh, at a very local level, like dealing with things on the street, you know, fly tipping, and you know, they do affect people's lives as well yeah, it's, and it's great to be able to fix that sometimes you get people come in and they'll go uh, this is my problem blah 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 blurt it all out and you're like mate this is not the sort of thing that a man can fix this <laughs> 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 might have a beginning but it doesn't have a middle or an end it's just going to be you and I if you carry you know if you keep bringing this to me we're going to become like quite close friends over the next few years. But the answer will always be the same. But the answer is <laughs> going to be, well, I'll ask, you know, I can phone them again. Or this I can is email not my remit. Again. <laughs> well, your compu- not the computer says no, but just that your, your wish or your... Is that, I mean, I think there was a time when councillors, local councillors could say, you need a council house, we'll get you a council right. house, no problem. When I moved into this flat in 84, it was what they called hard to let. Believe it or not, a flat in it, a two-bedroom flat in SE1. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't find anyone to, to rent it. So me and my mate, we were squatting at the time down in Greenwich. And we'd finished doing that. We were staying at, a, uh, at his sister's home over in Surrey Docks, as it was then. And we saw that this was empty. And we, we just went up to the council, knocked on the door, said, that flat there, it's empty. Yeah, move in here, sign here, here's the keys. 
and we were in in a matter of weeks, which of course now such a different story. Yeah, yeah there's thirty thousand I mean, people. Look out the window at a place uh, where you dread to think how much you pay for uh, yeah. equivalent. Yeah, our friend Glenn had a similar story where he went to the council. Um, around the same time or a bit later uh, yeah a little in bit later interest, but, but yeah but so it's yeah, like they brought out a box of keys yeah. and they're just like almost Peaked where you want to live picked <laughs> out a set of keys and they went that's your flat now great yeah but that's it I mean you can't do anything about the kind of uh, social housing situation can you I suppose the kind of broad host social housing situation okay. but I mean if people go on your website which is uh, grahamnill.com they can see you know what you are doing where thing, you know uh, like even small things like sort of a paving slab is broken <laughs> There's, there's a paving slab at the bottom yeah, of the slope where I am. So, so <laughs> paving slab. My my mum was on a bus and she tripped over, and that, and like she detached her retina. Right? Yeah, that's Absolutely. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, it's a small thing, but stuff like that can really change someone's life. Mm. And and I, I don't know. I don't know if the people that read that, that, that spend time looking at my blog and stuff like that think, oh, there he goes again. Look, you know, another pothole, another tree that needs to be standing next to some new railings. Yeah, <laughs> this has just been painted. This has got a new sign. Point, point. But it's point. great because it's like, here's what I'm doing to make living around here as pleasant as possible. Well, the me. great, the great, the something that I just that I really enjoy is the fact that I can use new media to communicate that sort of thing. So I can really, if, if someone lives in South Bermondsey and wants to see. What their local council is doing. Yeah, they you know once a week or one, two or three times a week, you know, councillor Neil's got this tree cut, this paving slab's fixed. He's moaning about this, and you know, uh, underage uh, selling alcohol to underage people, or there's problems with lawlessness over here. And so, for me, it's great that I can kick it right back to two people, and. You know, we, we, we'll go out canvassing and there's an election coming up and, and people will say, oh, we only ever see you at election time. And I can just say, now, hold on a minute. Yeah, there's an go, archive. Go to grahamnil.com <laughs> and yeah. you will see that over the last four years, I've, you know, I, I don't know how many, maybe it's 50 or maybe it's 500 uh, posts that I've put on that blog. But like I say, it's archived. Yeah. And it's all time-stamped. And so in June 2010, I was doing this. And in March 2012, I was doing that. Jack made the point as well, very good style of blog post as well, where it's just picture, a oh. couple of lines, you know, that's, that's what you need, rather than you sort of, you know, loads of text. Mate, people have to I read mean, if you, if you want to read about liberalism, go to the library and get a book out of <laughs> the library, do you know what I mean? Or, or do what I did, go to Goldsmiths and do three years studying politics or whatever. No, um, the people who live in Bermondsey on the whole are either, haven't, haven't had the benefit of tertiary education, or if they have got a degree, Often, English isn't their first language. So if I start writing like uh, treatises and, and, and my thought, you know, the thoughts of Chairman Graham, it, don't, <laughs> it just doesn't work. Yeah. So just as you're using a, 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 a sort of a, a sort of a new technology, I just want to do like a tabloid style. So yeah, and it is quite sim- simple, but I don't think it's patronising. No, not at all. It's a broken no. pavement. There's a picture, picture of me with a yellow jumper on. Point the other, and the, the, there's a headline. This is broken. I'm going to try and get it fixed. And then, in a couple of weeks later, there's a picture with the with the stone mended. I it was me that did that. And it, it's sort of like I don't have to write graffiti going. Like, it was me that fixed it. <laughs> yeah. But I've taken ownership of it. Yeah. And and I'm trying to do the right thing for local people. It's a, it's a real blessing being being able to advocate in that way. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting as well the fact that you do. 
you know, what you can with council resources, but then also use your position as a councillor to go to other organisations, you know, uh, if there's an issue in drains, you can go to Thames Water. And Thames Water getting a complaint from a, a member of the public is one thing. Thames Water getting a specific complaint from a councillor, you can't help but think they're going to act a little quicker on that. Of, often I'll get, like, the first email will come back and it'll say, Dear Mr Neil, we've done blah, 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 go away and we'll reply at the end of the month. And so I'll, re- I'll reply and say, maybe you didn't get it. Headed no paper in it, get well, the answer. Uh, <laughs> like, it will be an email, but you, you, maybe you don't get this, but actually, like, a load of people have elected me to represent them, and it ain't just Joe, it's not just Graham Neal speaking, it's Councillor Graham Neal, so let's get this right. Uh, I don't want to give it the big one, and I'm not, I don't want to come in large, but I'll, I'll start off humble, but if I don't get the response that I get, I've got the res- like you said. Yeah. I've got the resources yeah. of Southwark Council behind me. It's a multi-million-pound operation, and maybe we haven't got the lawyers to take on Tesco's parking their massive lorries along Southwark Park Road and causing all sorts of havoc with buses and cyclists and cars getting jammed up. Because that, I mean, that's one sort of battle which has been going on for years now, and I think that started before I was elected in, in South Bermondsey. But for every one of those, you know, there's, tw- there's 20 uh, uh, wins that I'm, that I'm really proud of. Yeah, you get a feeling that Tesco just sort of think we can pay any parking tickets. Just park wherever you need to. But I had a thing a few weeks ago where um, I was late for work because Tesco vans parked up on the Wharf Road and the bus is just stuck there for 10 minutes. And it's just outrageous. You know, it's rush hour and there's this van just stopping the Wharf Road from working. So I tweeted at Tesco um, and said, you know, this is ridiculous. And then, like, seven hours later, there's a reply going, what's the uh, registration number? I was like, it's gone now. <laughs> it's it's gone late. now, isn't it? Yeah, I, I was late for work. So don't worry about it. Don't worry, leave it now. You've done all you can. Well, I mean, with smartphones now, I'm getting people that just, like, clicking a, a streetlight that's not working or a bollard that's fallen over. And then uh, more and more, I'm getting casework through Twitter, I'm getting casework through Facebook, people coming through my blog. I mean, essentially... I get emails, which which is where most of it comes through, but then there's not it's not massive penetration of uh, the sort of internet in, into South Bermondsey. There's a lot of people who are older that aren't sort of, that, that are not the silver surfers, um, and then there there's a, there's a lot of poor people, and it's great that they've got the libraries that they can go to the libraries and they can pick up their thing. But um, but what's happened more recently, and even in the last three years is the smartphone revolution and loads of people now have got um, emails on their phones so they can just like take a shot of it and email it to Councillor Graham Neal and uh, because I've got a photograph of it I can send it straight to the officers I, I've, I've got access to the directors of, of like, the environmental directors or the social services or housing or whoever they are and uh, because they, they've got a photograph of it and they, they, they can see exactly what the problem is, it actually becomes really easy to, to get fixed. Just streamlines the whole process, yeah. rather than someone comes to see you at surgery, you have to go back to the offices, they yeah. have to go out and investigate, and yeah. No, so, so they can send someone out who, who's equipped with it, who knows who's got the ladder or the prune, pruning shears or whatever, it, or the paintbrush or whatever it is to need to fix it. And uh, so things are happening much quicker, it's really accelerated the process. I was first elected in 2002 and it was all headed notepaper and, and rah, rah, rah. And then email started to happen and it was all very 
very formal and we used to treat emails like we were sending a letter to someone and stuff. <laughs> but now it's, I mean, some of my colleagues will just, you know, dear, dear uh, Officer X or dear Sid, this is the tree, could you get it sorted? Thank you, Councillor X. And it really is, it, it's really become that, that simple. So it's great. So the, the amount of um, uh, sort of casework that I can process is, it, it's just accelerates. Uh, I can just do more and more casework, which is great. And you do seem to be, you seem to be embracing the internet in terms of encouraging people to let you know, sort of tweet at me here, contact me on Facebook here, email me here, you know. Yeah. I mean, I went out and got thousands of uh, business cards printed and they've all got my mobile number on. And uh, it won't be the first time I've said it, but I'll say it on the doorstep. I said the number that, that, that's on my card is the number that my mum phones me on. It's the number my wife phones me on. So if you want to speak to someone, you don't need to speak to an office or an answer phone. If you want to speak to Councillor Neil, bang, that's the number. If, you don't, if I don't answer, I'm either asleep or I'm driving or I'm in the toilet. But if your number shows up, I can call you back. Um, but because we've got the capacity now of getting the casework solved, resolved so quickly... It's not a big deal. It's not like I'm going to have to have a half-hour phone, phone conversation and then go and have an interview and then write a letter out on, on paper and send it to someone and blah, blah, blah. We can do it, and, the, and if it's the right sort of casework, we can get it solved in like 24, 48 hours. It's great. You just get straight on with the next one. Because that's the thing. With the, the, the method you're taking with your blog, you almost sort of not create a rod for your own back, but you set yourself up to go, right, I'm going to see what I can do about this. And as you say, it's time-stamped. Yeah. So people can, can see yeah. what you're doing, how efficient you've been. You, you know, you're putting yourself, you, you're putting your name on it and you're putting yourself out there and saying, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm getting done, This is these are my results. It's great. I had, um, we had, we had a problem, I think the council sent out the council, ta- uh, the, the council sent out the rent statements in South Bermondsey to, to all the tenants and I got one as well because I'm a council tenant and they were all wrong it wasn't sort of June 2013 it was January 2013 so it was all, all old data and it was a big cock up and I had a few people that got in touch with me and said this is wrong what's, what's going on so I made a few phone calls have you got one? yeah we got one as well so I put on my blog oh no so the council's cocked up again Look, they can't, even, they can't even get this right. <laughs> no. Next week in the local paper, the, um, the, the guy who's in, char- in charge of housing said, oh, Councillor Neil, he's so mischievous. I, uh, he said, I've had a look at see how much casework Councillor Neil has um, raised in the last month. Or the last, and he's only raised like three or four pieces of casework in the last month. And like, I had a look. And I was like, actually, in the last month, despite the fact that I was in Italy with my partner for 10 of those uh, 30 days, I'd raised more than one piece of casework for every working day. So just because I hadn't sort of gone through the, the correct channels and sort of like emailed the director of housing about, this, about these problems, because maybe I'd phoned the bloke who, who runs the tree surgeons or one of the uh, guys who's on the ground who, who, does, who sorts out the, the roads or... Because over the years, I've got to know not just the di- who the directors are, but actually the people on the ground who, look, could you just go and get this bin emptied? Or could you, if you're passing, could you get someone to chop back this hedge because it's in the way? And uh, so, yeah, I'm quite ple- quite proud of the record, like you say, it's time set. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stand, I'll stand on, on the results. Yeah, that's the thing, someone does challenge you. Yeah. They can say what they like in terms of producing things. You're like, no, I've got photographs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I could have written back to the local paper and said, oh... 
you said this, but I said that. But that really makes for, you see that sometimes in the local paper. Mm. Councillor X yeah. says this, or really what Councillor X should have said was this, because I think, and everybody just phases off. And that's yeah. like, for me, that's like really bad politics. So yeah, you'd still be going like, now, wouldn't you? That's yeah. the thing, back and forth. Yeah. Also, that is the bit of the paper that you definitely skip. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so you've been a member of uh, the party for how long? Well, I first joined the Liberal Party in 81 or something, 1980, 81. I went to, um, I think I've got it. Actually. Excuse me. <laughs> the, uh, the first election, the first by-election that I was involved in was William Pitt, and it was 19 October 1981, which was actually wow. before eight s- pence for a stamp. Oh, plus ten p. <laughs> Eighteen pence to get that all the way to Croydon, Steve. Wow. So what was that, Croydon Northwest? Um. Yeah, Croydon Northwest party okay. by-election. Yeah. Okay, so that was 81. If you look on the other side of there. I've got to ask William Pitt, any relations? <laughs> the younger. <laughs> when, when, when you said the first section I was involved was William Pitt, I was like, it doesn't look that old. <laughs> right, Simon Hughes beats Peter Tatchell. Yeah, so um, what year was that? was 80... 83, February 83. So like two years before then, I was involved in a, a by-election in, in uh, Croydon. So I went out and uh, I was like, rookie. And I went out and I was given a list, a, a street to go to and a list of names to knock on doors. And I started knocking on doors and uh, I noticed that the candidate, because there was a poster in the window, the name of the candidate was the same as the, the candidate on the, on the uh, canvassing sheet that I was given. And uh, I, I, it was the Labour candidate. I thought, I won't canvass him because I think I know who to vote for. So <laughs> I put him down as voting for himself and went, sort of skipped a house mm. and went next door. Uh, um, yeah, early early sort of uh, canvassing experiences back in the early 80s. Can I just read a bit from this, which is remarkable? February 24th, 1983, Suffolk Bermondsey parliamentary by-election. The Conservatives and 12 other minor candidates all lost their deposits, a record. <laughs> Brilliant. More of that, more of that, <laughs> Those were the days. Who knew yeah. it was a, such a golden age? I rejoined the party in the late 1990s. I was uh, the chair of the Tents Association here and I was getting involved with the tenants movement and getting back involved with local politics and stuff. And then I first got elected in 2002. I re-stood in 2006, didn't get re-elected. And then I stood again in South Bermondsey in 2010. So this is my eighth year as a councillor with a, a four-year break. And what's the makeup of the council? Well, Labour have got more than 30 councillors. So they've got a majority, they, they've got like a working majority, so they can run the council however they, they want. So my role then as a, an opposition councillor, I'm on our front bench for environment and transport and culture, which is a bit amazing really, because that's like everything that man does and everything <laughs> that man's created. <laughs> <laughs> as an opposition councillor, my role and our duty to, to, to local people of Southwark is to hold the administration to account. So, I mean, you referred to Prime Minister's question time there are times when we just stand up and point and go, yeah, you're really rubbish, we'd be much better. <laughs> Which is kind of yeah, inevitable. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's sort of inevitable in a, in a, in a sort of, in our, with our political system. But I think that the administration know that they've got to be pretty clever and they've got to watch what they do. And we've managed to, I mentioned the nurseries earlier, we managed to get a U-turn with them closing nurseries and we got them to look closer at their books to realise that it's, it was not just a case of just writing off this money, actually, if they spent it more wisely, 
And um, with the bail hostel on the Old Kent Road, we, we managed to, I think they realised that they've got a really nice bit of real estate that they can actually do something with, rather than just rehouse a building that was getting in the way on the Aylesbury estate. So we can sort of, engage. oh and also with um, cycling being part of my transport brief, we're really trying to push the council to do something serious and visionary about cycling. And we're a bit disappointed, I don't want to be too political about this, but we're a bit disappointed with the way that they're, they're behaving around that. So we, we're trying to present, obviously we'd like to, to, to run the council, but if we're not going to run the council, I want to make sure that they, can, they do the best that they can with the constraints that they've got. Yeah, I mean, living at the elephant, the fate of cyclists is something that you must sort of, you know, be more aware of than most. Yeah, I mean, the, the great thing, funny thing about living on this housing estate, okay, let me go back a bit. When I was chair of Peckham Community Council, we found £50,000 to get a BMX track going in Peckham, and uh, maybe that's something you, Maybe that's something that you could do a piece about, the, the Peckham BMX, that would be a fantastic story. The, the, the current... Uh... Uh, well, yes, uh, CK Flash, who is, 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 is run, who, who's run it, but he, he started back in uh, Birding Bush Road. Yeah, in, in right, Peckham, yeah, 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 another one, so, yeah. So we found £50,000 to get this up and running, and I thought that it would make a bit of a difference for young people in Peckham to give them a chance, rather than being out doing bad things, they could be... Because like when I was a kid, I used to go on my bike and fall off and graze my knee and get back on my bike and learn to fix it with a spanner... And it sort of kept me out of trouble, mostly kept me out of trouble. And I just thought it would be, be fair enough for, for, for the youngsters in Peckham to have the same opportunity. Um, now, on my estate where I live, I've got the under-15s girls champion of the UK and like a European Her older brother is a European champion for BMX. And they're looking to go to Rio in three years, three years' time. And they started but off at the... They started off at Peckham uh, BMX track. So that's something else which I've managed to achieve as a local councillor, which you can only dream about, really. Absolutely, yeah, you, that's changing lives, isn't yeah, it? That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I hope that you'll, you'll have a chance to speak to uh, the, 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 the guy who's, who's sort of champion. Well, we've got, we've got yeah. plans for a cycling episode in general. Uh, but we'll just wait for yeah, that. Yeah, because... Uh, yeah, he's called CK... Flash, he's... Uh, he's that his real name? That's like from a movie he's, about cycling, doesn't Yeah. He was... Uh, Kiss FM DJ. Right. So that's his uh, DJ. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Even still. But, <laughs> so it's a good choice, isn't it? You know. You, I mean, you mentioned cycling. I've, I've got um, I've got a Brompton. I've got a BMX bike. I've got a clunky old bike which I don't use, and I've got a bike which looks clunky but it's got nice equipment on it. So I've got four. I've got four bikes. One used to be in the flat. One was on the balcony, and the other two in the garage. So yeah, I love cycling, and uh, I, I love. I love cycling but it's a real challenge I'm looking at 50 next year and I'm getting a bit scared frankly Um, cycling seems to have changed I don't quite know how it's changed but I think because there seems to be more cyclists on the road and I I, you know I used to sort of cycle as an individual and now I end up getting caught up with other cyclists and it's it's a different there's a different rhythm to it but I used to, I mean, years ago I used to I'd ride a motorbike and years ago I used to be a motorcycle courier. So that was a one way of sort of cutting your teeth on London's roads. And then, of course, running the removal business, I've driven vans and, and larger vehicles. So from a pedestrian through cycling, 
through motorcycling, cars and uh, van driving, sort of seeing London's roads from all different perspectives. And I can understand why people don't want to cycle and they say, oh, I'm scared. And really, that shouldn't, that shouldn't, we should be working as a, as a council to provide safe cycling for them. But apparently, like, I don't know, like 60, 70% of kids would like to cycle to school, but 80% of parents won't let them because they're scared, understandably, they're scared for their kids. Well, the headlines recently, uh, you know, it's just constantly getting like, there was one day I was walking with my daughter, um, up on Millbank and we just sort of went, got to some police tape and had to cross over and there was a, a, a bicycle that was sort of bent yeah. in a C shape and the next thing I knew I was looking at the evening standard in the evening and that the photo of the bike was in there and it was that day that three or four cyclists had been hit in rush hour yeah. I mean are things getting better for cyclists? Are there plans? It's, it's really tough there was a, a thousand cyclist demonstration outside mm. TFL I went along to that and that was quite uh, worrisome and of course, TFL have brought some people have kicked it back to the demonstrators to say, because you're demonstrating about safety of cycling, you're making it an issue. You're dissuading people from cycling. And actually, if you just pretended there wasn't any any danger, cycling would. So the pendulum's sort of it's probably, like, probably the way to go. <laughs> That's the problem with the danger of cycling. It's people highlighting it. It's the real danger. Yeah. What? <laughs> and then the police go out and give cyclists tickets for for breaking uh, red light red lights and stuff. Um, we really need dedicated cycleways for, for you know, the, the sort of Amsterdam model. Uh, for so long, the, the, mo the motor lobby has had it all their way. And, uh, it does seem like there's some a real sort of adversarial relationship as well, doesn't it, between cyclists? And I mean, I, I don't cycle. I don't know if that's got any better or worse. It's always been like that. Yeah. I think you just get you get some people who sort of stereotype and they're very vocal. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've done some stupid things out on my bike. I wouldn't. Uh, no, I've done stupid things as a pedestrian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so whereabouts, did, just to take it back to start, whereabouts did you uh, grow up? I was born in Bexley Heath. Right. Um, then uh, I moved to Greenwich. squatting in Greenwich for a year or two. Uh, the college at Orpington in Greenwich. And then I moved to Charlton. And Surrey Docks, and then I moved here. Slowly working your way up to yeah, the different parts. Central London, yeah. <laughs> this is where the, it stops, though. <laughs> there, yeah, this is far enough north, I think. <laughs> yeah. But the, the river sort of arcs, or it's like a, a hub. You can see, like, the, the bend of the river is like a, like a, a bicycle rim around the, uh, the Elephant Castle. It's like the, the hub of, of, of the arc. So you're what you're further north than uh, Victoria here, and you're further west than, than St Paul's. Yeah, so it's pretty central. Yeah, we were talking on our live show yesterday. Someone was asking, "What's the kind of uh, the centre of South London?" Yeah, and we kind of went for the elephant. Is the kind it's of it's got more buses than uh, anywhere else, hasn't it? Yeah, there you go. It's mad living here. You've got two tube stations. You've got a mainline station, one that goes to Luton, mm. one that goes to Gatwick. You can go to, sometimes you can go to Brighton direct, although sometimes you can't. You've got like umpteen buses. You've got like major, like South London's major uh, traffic thing. You've got. And you're a walk from the river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got like uh, five or six cycle, uh, those new uh, cycle stations that, yeah. are, that, are, that are within walking distance here. Uh, the problem is because we're on the edge of the, uh, the, the cycle hire scheme 
So you can't go south when you're in. Well, you, you, you can, but you've got to come back. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or um, pe- people, um, they'll sort of dump their bikes here and then get the bus from here. So in the morning, all, they're all empty where people got the bus in and take, or, or the train in and taking the bus, the, the bikes, they've all gone. And then in the evening, trying to find somewhere to, if you have an hour bike, to cycle, yeah, 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 yeah. Like cycle back from Tooley Street. And I'll be end up going like to three or four different sites to try to dump off, dump off the bike. So it doesn't really work here. So we really need to extend the cycle scheme further into, you know, into Woolworth, into Camberwell, into Burnsy, down the Old Kent Road. So yeah, you're trying to get it into your own ward, aren't you? Yeah, oh yeah. 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 But also like a Rotherhive that's really flat would be really good for um, recreational cycling. And if we can get it down to Burgess Park, then you can, if, you, honestly, you know, if, it's, if you're not very confident, it's a nice Sunday afternoon or whatever, you put your two pound in or whatever it costs or on, your, on your credit card, and you can borrow it for an hour or, or just to have a little go. You have a nice cycle up and down the old uh, canal path, oh, don't you? Uh, yeah, exactly. And then, uh, yeah, right, that, I mean, down by Peckham, by Peckham Pulse would be a great mm. place to have, um, that should sort of be the next boundary to move to. How do we make that happen, the three of us? Uh, well, <laughs> there's a Facebook page, Extend, extend oh, right. the, um, the Cycle High Scheme. Put the link up, Steve, on our Yeah, Twitter. we'll do, yeah. yeah we'll give that a push. Yeah, yeah. Let's get nice. involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this thing about childhood obesity, I mean, it's not going to solve it overnight, but I mean, we all need to do a little bit more exercise and get the heart going once a day or whatever it is and uh, get a little bit out of breath once a day to do our exercise. And that would be a great way of people finding out whether they want to cycle or not. Maybe cycling is not for them, or on the other hand, maybe if they give it a little go, oh yeah, I might try this. Which gives people an option, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, as you say, not only for the practicalities of transport, but also, you know, there, there are yeah, there yeah. are some lovely spaces around mm-hmm. it. To, and uh, as I said, over Rotherhive, where it's very flat on the island or the peninsula, it's very flat. Was it a political household you were raised in? Was was there a lot of talk of politics well, in the house? Ted, because we we I said we were born in Bexley Heath, and um, my mum and dad were uh, sort of One Nation Tories, or I think my mum still is. Um, and uh, does she know? <laughs> I've talked to her about her. <laughs> maybe, maybe she's come over to the Lib Dem, seeing as uh, she's so proud. You've of come me. together, haven't you? Yeah, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I am. <laughs> no, Ted Heath did come. Did come to um, he, after after one of the elections. I'm seventy three. He came. I remember him coming up the drive. Like he came off the road, and he, we sort of went out and shook hands with him in uh, seventy three. Uh, that didn't end well for him, did it? <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't the moment to change your life, though. Well, <laughs> no, no, local no. politics. I wanted, I wanted to become. I wanted to join a political party which was, um, uh, which embraced uh, unilateral disarmament because, like, the C and D thing was really sort of kicking off in the early eighties, wasn't it? But um, I've, I've just felt like I was too independently minded to be. Um, I don't want to get too political. Really. Toe the party line. Well, I know I just didn't want to be run by the unions. Basically, I didn't. I, I, I just thought industri- the industrial age was coming to an end. Maybe I was like twenty years or fifty years ahead of my time, but I felt that that sort of industrial consumerism was sort of like finishing. And I thought that the, 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 the bosses, the Tories, and the, the trade unions, the workers, and the Labour Party were really just playing the same game, the two sides of the same coin. And that's why I joined the, the Liberal Party, and that's why. I was sort of Thanks for talking to us, Graham. Much appreciated. It was a lot easier than I thought.
<laughs> it's fine, isn't it? You can't be on that. <laughs>